Hi, I'm Lucy von Sturmer, founder of impact-driven thought leadership agency, The Humble Brag, and co-initiator of grassroots activist movement, Creatives for Climate. On this podcast, I'll be learning from pioneers, mavericks, and creative disruptors, all using their power, platform, and influence to build a better world. Women challenge the status quo because we are never it. You're a real leader by simply bringing humanity back to business. Do you want to be a leader that you look back in time and say that you were on the wrong side of the argument when the world was crying out for a solution? This is a positive disturbance. Hey everyone, and welcome back to A Positive Disturbance, where we're talking to change makers, thought leaders, and impact makers, pushing the status quo, causing a disturbance to create a positive impact. And uh, today I'm super excited to be talking with Kate Nelson, who is also known all across the internet as the Plastic Free Mermaid. Um, On a personal note, Kate's somebody that inspires me for quote-unquote tapping into her feminine so much, um, but also being quite disruptive in the way that she is driving change against the plastics industry and against major brands. Um, I actually met Kate during Rebellion Week here in Amsterdam. We both took a little bit of time out of our regular life to go and participate in a blockade, which was um, slightly unconventional. And um, What you're going to hear in this podcast is um, the story of a woman that is using her femininity to drive home messages around systems change. And I have to say that I witnessed that firsthand when um, Kate started to flirt with police to (laughs) convince them to um, possibly let the Extinction Rebellion protesters go. So that's all I'm going to say about the slightly unconventional podcast episode with Kate. And I hope that you enjoy it. Kate, I'm super excited to have you on this podcast. As an author, an activist, a thought leader, an influencer, and a science communicator, and of course, as the Plastic Free Mermaid. And before we get into talking about what you do and who you are, I think it would be really nice to hear from yourself. How did you become a Plastic Free Mermaid, and what does a Plastic Free Mermaid do? Ah, yes. Hello, Lucy. Thank you so much for having me. It's great to be here. I am a mermaid. I... Uh, surf, I sail, I free dive, um, big time water woman. So when I learned that our oceans were filling with plastic almost, yeah, over a decade ago, I just felt like that is just atrocious and we can do far better than that. So I personally quit using plastics right then and there and have been teaching myself to live with them ever since. And um, once I got to be fully plastic free, I noticed that a lot of people were interested as well in the plastic free low waste lifestyle and so i teach i talk i write all about my plastic free lifestyle and yeah just share share resources share education <laughs> and, and you've done that on lots of different platforms right like i think maybe so 10 years ago you're, you're obviously you know really big online in the digital space but can you tell us a little bit about your digital evolution where did you start sharing your stories and what's been most effective and where are you now yeah sure um 
I have grown with social media for sure. I was one of the first Facebook users. They, it, was, it was Facebook launched at a few universities in California and mine was one of them. So uh, I was a part of that and got to know the platform well. And um, once I learned about plastics, I started my own nonprofit called Save the Mermaids, which was all about yeah education and advocacy. And uh, it was my, you know, good girlfriends and we would dress up like mermaids and just try to bring a bit of fun to the issue because uh, we were talking about sea turtles choking on plastics and whales washing up on beaches and um, just generally this beautiful majestic ocean of ours um, filling with our own trash. So it's a bit of a, a touchy subject for those of us that consume plastic constantly. Um, so to make it fun and palatable and interesting, I got all my girlfriends involved and we would uh, dress as mermaids. And of course that was very easy to get garner attention in real life, but also online. So I shared a lot of that on Facebook. Um, once Instagram launched, uh, I've, I've started us at Encount there um, and was sharing a lot of our antics. It was a great way to um, get political support uh, we would show up to city council meetings uh, dressed as mermaids and, you know, the city council members would chuckle and be like, who are you? Like, why are you here? This is hilarious, you know, and um, once everyone was laughing and having fun and then we'd present them with all the facts and the science and the research. Um, and so it was, I was learning early on that um, being playful and being positive can translate well across social media. So yeah, mermaid activism going viral in the early days um, and have just been sharing my personal journey ever since. Uh, and that's where Plastic Free Mermaid has really yeah, started to get some interest and people just want to know how she lives her life. <laughs> it's interesting, isn't it? Because I think we're entering a time when a lot of people are aware of our sustainability problem, but not a lot of people know what to do. And you can easily turn off from the messaging. So I think it's really interesting with your playfulness, um, how you've been able to engage people that may not be uh, engaged with this topic already around that issue. How do you do your research about plastics? Because I know you have a lot of knowledge over the 10 years about um, you know, what goes into products. So where do you get your information from? Yeah, because my career started in the marine debris labs, um, just looking at what kinds of plastics were ending up in the ocean um, and tracing them back to the sources, kind of traveling upstream with the plastics. Um, and then I moved more into policy change and working on banning plastics. And um, my network is quite vast. Um, and I'm credible in the movement because of the the time I've I've been present in in the plastics movement. So I'm I have a lot of like key scientists and researchers who I follow, I catch up with, I interview, and I give them voice and I, I share them on my platform to help give voice to their research. Uh, it can be frustrating because so many scientists aren't able to publish um, or aren't able, you know, they're, it's a political game on there in any ways in terms of getting funding for their research and getting published in a journal um, and those two things being interdependent and yet somewhat difficult to, to, to make happen. So um, I, I try to support the scientists by giving them voice and it also just gives me so much more um, to work with in terms of communicating to my people. I think accessible communication around complex topics and particularly around science, right? In the time when people aren't believing facts is quite a challenge. Mm -hmm. So perhaps we need more mermaid warriors translating scientific papers and <laughs> Yeah, I, you know what we do, we definitely need more mermaid warriors. So if anybody's interested, please get in touch. 
<laughs> I think there's a, there's a new communications concept we can have, you know, have a mermaid translate your scientific paper. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Yeah, so it's it's exactly. a conversation about effectiveness right now and, and where people are getting their information. So I think it's very powerful. And, you know, with 100,000 people at your fingertips, really, mm. that does come with a certain amount of power. Right. And responsibility. You know, there's, there's so much greenwashing online. There's so much... Um, you know, just false information. And I, people are, like you said, really sensitive to, to fake news and um, just don't trust anything online anyways. So, um, and I've seen a lot of people spouting false, uh, you know, just false solutions around these things, incineration or even recycling isn't a, isn't a solution. Like we just need to cut plastic produ produ uh, excuse me, production at the source back upstream. Um, so having these conversations, that's why it's so important that I have good sources. It's so important that I'm well-researched and maintain these relationships so that I'm a, you know, accurate source of information because people trust me. Um, so that's like, definitely I need to be on top of this, but I think the, the reason I get people's attention is the playfulness. So that's, you're right. That's what makes it effective. Um, I think when I, when I first saw what you were doing, um, I had just kind of got my head around the fact that a hundred companies are responsible for 71% of carbon emissions, I think since 1987. Um, and, you know, I started to personally shift my mindset away from what can individuals do to how can we put pressure on corporations and even governments? So where do you sit in this spectrum of action and activism? Yeah. I mean, I don't think there's a separation. I think, we are individuals and we live in a system. I think we're individuals and we live in a society. We live in a cult, we're a part of a culture. Um, we're part of a country, we're part of a town, whatever. Um, we're a part of these, these different systems. We're in a local ecosystem, we're part of a global ecosystem. So um, to say that they're separate or to say that, yeah, we need systemic change, don't focus on individual change, I think that's misguided. I think that's a cop-out. I think why not drive for individual change? It's, it's so um, manageable for us to do our best as individuals when we need to. You know, it's not forever. It's for this year, next year. It's like in the climate uh, crisis, we were all were like, okay, for the next two years, I'm not going to fly. You know, you and I were in Europe and we were like, okay, how do we figure out taking trains all over? You know, it's like, how do I do my best for this period of time to make a better impact? So yeah, systemic change, of course we need that. And, and putting pressure on corporations and putting pressure on government organizations and rallying the people, but the people, the, the governments, the, the corporations are all run by individuals. So I, I personally, um, am a huge advocate for, for, not, um, yeah, de devaluing or underestimating the impact of individual action. I think that's really inspiring and it can be kind of debilitating when you think, okay, I don't have any power in my hands. Um, but I also know that you use your platform to call out brands and to um, make connections with a wider systems change. Also recently with Black Lives Matter, you really took the time to engage with um, privilege and with conversations around sustainability and how these are interconnected. So um, I think that's, that's very commendable. Well, thanks, Lucy. <laughs> I, I think your point about, you know, especially in a pandemic, individual change is all we have. Like, it's really hard to know when this is going to end. We're, we're, you know, people are suffering so much from the uncertainty of the state of the world, um, their job, their social life, whatever. It's, it's a really hard time. So, 
empowering people that they can make a difference. Like plastics is, is easy, you know, climate can be hard. It's, you know, it's hard to change out your vehicle for an electric. It's hard to stop traveling, you know, or transporting yourself around. Um, it's hard to just invest in tons of solar energy. Um, but plastics is something that's manageable. So that's another part of my work that I really enjoy is that, you know, reconnecting people to a sense of sovereignty and agency um, and sense of control, especially in a pandemic that makes them feel like they can control some part of their life and that they can make a difference and, and it's for the environment and they're living for something with purpose and they're living for something, you know, with a positive impact. So it feels really good to, yeah, offer that. I remember when I was working in sustainable fashion, um, we often recommended that people would go to the places where they would buy clothes called shops <laughs> I don't know why. Um, or um, write to brands directly and say like, ask about the source. <laughs> um, and I know that you have given examples on your platform of talking directly to food, sorry, shops again, um, food suppliers and asking, you know, can you put this in uh, my own container? Okay. So you, you provide yeah. tangible examples of how people can directly um, trickle up their activism, let's say. Right, and you know, those ideas trickled up from my network because I'm out here in a really progressive area. I put, positioned myself here intentionally because I knew I wanted to grow my own food and not wear makeup and really experiment with the plastic-free lifestyle and see how far I could go. Mm. And my follower, my network, the, the people that are drawn to my lifestyle and wanna learn from me, they're out there having the real experiences around plastic. You know, so they're the ones being like, hey, I'm struggling with this. And I'm like, wow, that's really interesting. I should share that as a tool for other people who don't have access, you know, speaking of privilege, who don't have access to the farmer's market like I do, who don't have access to, um, or like that the climate that um, fosters being able to grow food year round or whatever. So it, speaking of trickle up, I'm, I'm so grateful to my community because I learned just as much from them to be able to teach and share solutions and, and ways to, um, yeah, hold businesses accountable and demand more transparency and demand better options. Mm. I think it's an, obviously an interesting time where influence is sitting with lots of different players. I mean, I think we used to look to traditional media outlets for sources of information and obviously lots of brands are wanting to partner with you to influence uh, your audience to, to take a decision or an action. Um, and I think for that reason, I wanna talk about you as a female leader um, and, and your perceptions of leadership, um, because I think that, you know, you are able to maybe bridge worlds and mindsets that other people aren't, you know, like we all have a personal self that is playful and silly. Um, and then we have maybe a professional self, especially when we're engaging with topics like activism and, and working with brands. So, um, as a female leader and as a mermaid <laughs> that like, you know, obviously your brand is very feminine and you, you tap into that. Could you talk to us a little bit about, you know, your decisions around your female leadership and, and your, your yeah, mm -hmm. communication with the world? Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think it's so important in this, like in 2020 to be authentic and genuine. And I think that anything that's like being authentic and, and feminine and playful and mermaidy is just refreshing. And I think that's the edge. You know, I was, I was just being myself. I was just being um, playful and fun around a topic that felt boring for us too. You know, like, yeah, sure, the oceans are my playground, my temple, like so much to me. But having to talk about plastics every day wasn't necessarily my dream job. So how could I make that 
inspiring and interesting and sustainable for myself as the activist mm. is representing that. Uh, and so just to be authentic in that, um, you know, that shines through. And I think people can relate to that, you know, and that's actually my edge when I go to the conferences or when I um, <clears throat> am speaking on this issue or presenting to boards or, you know, I open with that and I'm like, just so you know, I, I don't know if any of you had a presentation by a mermaid before, but it's going to go a little bit different. Uh, and just get people smiling and laughing. I think that um, like you said, being playful is so important, especially during a time when, when times are tough and it's been tough for a while. Last year was tough. This year is tough. So, so I think being authentic is important. Just being ourselves, not trying to be anything else. Um, and being playful, like having fun, having a giggle makes it sustainable. doesn't make it such a challenge. Uh, so yeah, I think, and, and tapping into our femininity, like, yeah, I have masculine side for sure, but what's fun for me is, is cultivating that feminine. It's refreshing to bring that sort of leadership to activism as well, which is so traditionally masculine and, and rigid. And, and so many of these nonprofits that, you know, I worshiped when I was young, I realized are just structured similar to corporations themselves. So how can I, as an activist, be disruptive? Oh, just being sparkly, sexy myself is actually really disruptive and it's fun and it makes it interesting and everybody else has fun too. So I think that's what uh, my leadership looks like. It's just authentic and playful. I and love that. <laughs> I, I think the world of work is obviously masculine and um, has been built in a certain way. And I think that, you know, if we're talking about a disruption and a disturbance that, um, you know, women and female leadership and, you know, obviously men with more feminine um, models of leadership can really disrupt that and I can relate like obviously just calling the business the humble brag was supposed to from the, the outset be playful and not take ourselves too seriously because if you can't ask simple questions you you know maybe you're not tapping into the nugget of gold uh sitting at the table so you have to be able to be accessible so I really I really champion that Kate and I know that also um you know you've had a little bit of pushback for tapping mm. into your femininity so much from from always uh, so can you tell us a little bit about, I mean, so you've been called too sexy by brands that don't want to partner with you because maybe it's not necessarily um, in line with how they are trying to uh, communicate. What's your perception on that? Yeah, you know, you once you put yourself out there, you get it from all angles, you know, so uh, I'm not surprised to have criticism, you know, we're, we're never going to please everyone. Um, but yeah, it, it was interesting. And I, and I made it a point of conversation because, you know, when you show up in your authentic feminine in, and it doesn't fit that masculine mold, it does appear sexy because the feminine is sensual and fluid and, and it's different. So it was really interesting to have those experiences, um, particularly with these huge uh, brands and organizations that are like household names to be again, you know, considered, you know, want, pitched to work with and, and invited to to work with and support campaigns and things. But then, you know, clearly there had been some board meetings or some big meetings where where they discussed this mermaid that they just weren't too sure about, and it's just hilarious to me. Um, of course, I, I I find that disruptive. Even the fact that you're <laughs> A topic of discussion in a boardroom and they're like, can we partner with this mermaid? <laughs> and, and if you know my stuff, I like, I just would not consider it sexy. I mean, I'm, I'm literally talking about recycling and microplastics and um, like, phthal you know, phthalates leaching toxic chemicals. And, but yeah, I, mean, I might be in a, a mermaid 
tail or a swimsuit because I'm underwater uh, or I'm wearing underwear, but they're like, you know, lined reusable period underwear. You know, it's just like, it's these things that are, are really interesting that that's how it's perceived. Um, and of course, all of this is in, in the eye of the beholder, right? So I can't make anyone feel anything. That's their own feeling. They're responsible for themselves. So it always makes me giggle because I'm like, mm, what about me makes you feel sexy? Like, that's fun. <laughs> And I think that like as the media landscape changes and as our sources of information, you know, more and more individuals that are playful and that are basically human because on social media, we're not interacting as a corporate player. We're acting, as you say, like as an individual. So the things that we respond to are just very human. And, And that's in a way also exciting, I think. Well, it makes, it gives me such independence. It gives me such freedom to say and do exactly as I please and what's, what's in alignment with my values. Uh, I totally understand that other brands have to stick to really strict guidelines um, and they have to answer to boards and um, different, you know, uh, vision statements and whatever. Um, I, like you said, I'm an individual, so I don't have to, and sometimes I won't fit everyone's guidelines, which is totally fine. And, you know, it's just, it's interesting, like to dissect these sorts of experiences, um, certainly because of how the the social and cultural landscape is changing and creating far more space for diversity and far more space for people just living their truth. And Mm -hmm. I think, again, that's why, like you said, just being myself is disruptive. um, And it just creates, you know, sometimes there has to be these awkward conversations and these kind of weird, um, discussions around is this sexy or is it just real is it just is she just a woman a female body is that just a butt like is that sexualized or is it just the truth you know conversations to have but also these platforms also reward certain types of communication and this is how you know in some way you've built your following because you're not just about the science you're not just about the plastics it's accessible fun and playful for others and i'm sure that there are lots of um aspiring mermaids out there uh you know that 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 like the lifestyle and rounding yeah, well, up you on- your butt to be a, a mer- an inspiring mermaid. <laughs> rounding up on that like how can um like i can i i'm presuming that correct me if i'm wrong that you know you would like to 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 activate the mermaid in all of us or <laughs> yeah, <or> man <laughs> so, so how can we um you know get involved and 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 start to um both learn about living plastic free um but also challenging the system mm. i you know following my my stuff is a great way to learn about how to live plastic free i've got youtube instagram facebook i've got my blog and uh tiktok now um so plastic free mermaid on all the channels but disrupting the system is like there's so many ways to disrupt the system and we need it all like we are the status quo like is just not working for us business as usual is not working we need so much change so that i'm just so inspired and excited about this this year and this era like yeah it's tough and challenging and it's really pushing us and it's hard and this is the sort of stuff we need we need it we were too comfortable we needed this um you know this shake up to really launch us into action and so yeah disrupting the system i think there's so many ways to do it and whether that's just being yourself whether it's being experimental it's just trying new things feeling um trying new hairdos trying new styles like just not being uh, attached to one way 
or one path or one uh, definition of success or one definition of normal. Um, but just like looking at what the system is and trying to think beyond that and, and just do, do following what feels good, following what creates happiness. And, you know, surely there will be ways to disrupt the system um, in alignment with your passions and, and purpose. Well, I don't know about you, but Kate certainly inspires me to um, quit city life, go grow some vegetables, um, start diving and uh, reinventing the way that I live. When I first met Kate, I found her proposition around really focusing on consumer change a little bit troublesome um, because I think that obviously we need to shift the dial um, with brands really taking responsibility for their supply chains with also governments getting involved too. But um, as I've engaged and learned from Kate, I realized that her approach is... Um, holistic but also really targeting an audience that otherwise might not be engaged with these issues so um i hope you enjoyed hearing from kate and i think that as we continue looking at leaders driving change we will start looking to new definitions of leaders new definitions of leadership um, and some of them may include mermaids so if you got this far thank you for sticking with me and tune in for our next episode a bold and brave leader driving a disturbance to create a positive change <laughs>